Welcome to the Ask Zach Show. I'm your host, Zach Childs. I've spent the last 30 years working in the music industry here in Nashville, Tennessee, during which I've done everything from touring with major artists like Brad Paisley and Carrie Underwood to playing the nastiest dive bars or even the occasional wedding. This show is all about barreling down the rabbit hole on all things guitar and the music we love. We will cover the legendary players, gear insights, and even some interviews along the way. I hope you enjoy. To support the show, follow the links in the description to find out about my Patreon page. Or go to my store at AskZach.com to pick up a coffee mug or t-shirt. Now, let's dive in. Well, hello, friends, and welcome to Ask Zach. Today, we are going to meet a great player that is out on the road with Chris Stapleton playing guitar, and uh, I think you're going to enjoy it. He was he was here just hanging out, and we were talking Telecasters, and I just uh, asked him if he would, uh, you know, let me uh, turn the camera on for a second and just ask him a couple questions, and then I made him play for a second for y'all just so you could hear him. Uh, his name is Mike Eli Lapinto, and he's a, he's a great, great player. Also, we're going to have our book nook segment, so that's coming up. But first, if you haven't done it already, then I really appreciate you subscribing and, of course, giving the thumbs up. If you've already done that, then I appreciate you supporting the show. There's multiple ways. The best is Patreon, and there's a link in the description for that. Also, there's a link to AskZach.com where you can find merch like this amp schematic shirt or there's good old tip jar information down there also. So, thank you so much. And now, it's time for Meet Mike Eli Lapinto, Chris Stapleton's guitarist. So, how'd you end up moving to Nashville? I moved to Nashville, let's see, it's been a little over 10 years ago. Uh, me and my buddy... I went to Appalachian State in Boone, North Carolina, and it was um, New Year's Eve, and we were we had had a couple drinks, and he turned to me and said, we got to do something big next year. And out of nowhere, I don't know where it came from, somewhere in my brain, I said, let's move to Nashville. I'd never been to Nashville, and I don't know why I thought that was the spot we had to go, but I said, let's move to Nashville, and he said, okay. And I said, I'm not joking. He said, I'm not either. And so we shook on it. It was kind of a drunken handshake. And we let our um, our lease lapse in August. And we packed up everything we could fit in the Honda Civic and moved here. Stayed in a weekly motel in Lebanon, Tennessee. I got bed bugs. And then we found a spot in East Nashville. But all of our stuff was in North Carolina. So for a month, we lived in a literally empty house. Uh, sleeping on the floor and uh, we got servant jobs and figured out what we were going to do but yeah that's how I got to Nashville 10 years ago now can't believe it what was your first big gig my first big gig um, I would probably say I, I got LinkedIn with Big Machine working for an artist named Tara Thompson and they were pushing her single, and so she had a bunch of big festival stuff. 
And then Julian Raymond produced her, and he kind of took me from her and put me with Alex Williams, another guy, Big Machine. And he was doing dates opening for like Hank Jr. and Skinnerd. Um, so those are probably the first like, oh man, like we're playing with Skinnerd and Hank Jr. and all that stuff, like the big arena kind of stuff. And how'd you get the gig playing with Chris Stapleton? The gig with Chris Stapleton, um, I was opening up shows with him with Nikki Lane. Um, I love her. She's incredibly talented. I've worked with her. I worked with her for probably three or four years. We were doing opening shows. I got to know JT and the guys and um, started talking to JT. And he was kind enough to let me know there was, you know, kind of maybe an opening slot with Dave. And I luckily got to try out. And yeah, here I am. Very, very grateful. So Dave, Dave Cobb, the producer, was was touring with them. So. Yeah, Dave yeah. Cobb was playing guitar with them. He uh, played guitar with them for several years, and I was lucky enough and very grateful to kind of slide in after Dave, the man. That's a, a pretty stellar band you're playing with. Tell me about some of the the, the you know the uh, the veterans we will call them. Yeah, um, you know, playing with JT and Derek and Chris and Morgan and all them. Like the core, I'm just in awe, you know, every night with them and then being able to hang out with Paul Franklin and Mickey Raphael. Um, I just pull stories out of them every night and they are the sweetest guys and they were all, you know, so welcoming. And um, I just talk about Pete Drake with Paul Franklin and I don't know if it gets any better than that, you know, and Emmy Lou with Mickey Raphael. So, you know, not to mention Willie Nelson. So a lot of a lot of incredible heroes that I get to get to hang around. So what's your uh, what's your stage rig with uh, Chris? Stage rig with Chris. Um, I'm playing through Brown, his Brown Princeton's, which are killer. I love them. And um, I have a, a an old I actually have a telly that my dad built that I play a lot. And then I have a 63 SG Junior that I use a lot. Um a 69 Texan for a lot of the acoustic stuff. Um, but a lot of the electric stuff is that 63 SG Jr. It was, uh, someone painted it like Van Halen and I had a buddy carefully get it down to the original finish and just sounds like a scalded rat. It's great. How much do you play electric versus acoustic with Chris? Um, I would say it's about, it's mainly acoustic, probably 80% acoustic. And then um, I'll probably have five or six electric but it's it's a lot of acoustic rhythm yeah which is great because i just get to lock in with derek and jt and and uh it's just a freight train i get to ride what acoustic do you use the texan a lot and then i have um there's a couple really good j45s and j50s that i use um that that sound good with um chris uses a, a big epiphone frontier for a lot of stuff so it it they sound real good together. Uh, tell us about the telly you're holding right now. Uh, the telly I'm holding right now, it's a kind of a, a piece together thing. This is all like 68, and then this is a 67 neck. I had Dave Johnson kind of put it together for me, and it's just my fun kind of put-together thing from the 60s, and I like it okay. And then this one, this is a 67, 
I found this with like, some buddies in Jacksonville, Florida. Uh, it's real special to me because it was an old guy. He had had it since, I think, 73. And he kind of was, uh, it was kind of like he was handing it off to me to be the next, you know, steward, I guess you could say. Um, 67, he'd ride it for humbuckers. It's all messed with. Um, I got a sticker and shout out to Raton Pass Lodge in Raton, New Mexico. A uh, great little spot that gave me that sticker. I'm not a sticker guy, but I had to do the one. Um, I was out there with my wife, so this is this is the number one. This one's not going anywhere. So yeah, tell us about how you got into PV amps. <laughs> Man, how did I get into PV amps? Uh, I had a couple friends around town that I think it was actually Chuck Ward who played for Craig Morgan for a while when we were, and he, uh, he told me about PB special thirties. And he said, he said, if you see one, just buy it and I'll buy it off of you. And I found one at a pawn shop for him and I bought it and I took it home and played through it. And I was like, really impressed. And, and so I reluctantly sold it to him cause I said I would, but ever since then I just hunted him and now I'm just, uh, uh I'm a PV I'm a big PV fan. They always work. You can push them down a hill and they'll still work. Um, Special 130s, Bandits, they're they're a-okay with me. And they're loud. You're you're always going to be heard. And I like Jerry Reed. And if you watch any old Jerry Reed videos, you can count about 30 PV logos. So I'm just competing with him. List some of your favorite players and, and favorite cuts featuring them. Oh, favorite players and favorite cuts. Um, Clarence White. I mean, everything he did, but the whole Nashville West record, I think, is just a clinic. Um, James Burden, Two More Bottles of Wine. Also, there's a really cool, at the end of the live Hawaii Elvis, he does a Tiger Man solo that'll rip your head off. Um, I really like Danny Gatton, but his live stuff. Um, any of his, you know, any of the old stuff in DC. Um, and then man, Jerry Donahue. Uh, I love all of, uh, all the nineties Brent Mason stuff. I can't do that stuff too good, but I really admire it. Choices to me, speaking of Paul Franklin choices is like perfect. Brent Mason, Paul Franklin to me, that's like, I think that doesn't get any better than that. Um, personally. So yeah. Hope you enjoyed that. That was uh, uh, that was fun for me to get to hang with Mike. So now it's time for Zach's book nook. So today's book is Soul Mining: A Musical Life by Daniel Lenoir. I'm a huge fan of Daniel Lenoir's uh, production and also his solo records too. I love his uh, 
singing, songwriting, production, guitar work, uh, pedal steel work. And so this is a uh, kind of a good, not too uh, heavy of a read and uh, really, really great getting to learn about his early life growing up in Canada, and then, uh, of course, all the exotic places that he put studios together, and, of course, working with U2 and Emmylou Harris and Willie Nelson, and on and on and on. It's a, a really, really good, enjoyable book, and again, it's not too uh, not too long. Got some good photos, and, uh, you know, and especially if you're a fan of any of the work that uh, Daniel's done, uh, you need to... Uh, you need to pick it up. One thing I, I learned from this is uh, the importance of uh, in in his recordings of acoustic guitar, where you're both recording the acoustic guitar and using a sound hole pickup going to a guitar amp, which of course also John Leventhal does something similar, but he does it live. But Daniel does that in the in the studio a lot, and I think that's a, a great trick. And so because of this book, I picked up one of those old '80s. Uh, uh, Bill Lawrence sound hole pickups and uh, started using that and it's a it's a it's a fun trick it's a fun gag all right guys well, I hope you enjoyed today's episode and I'll see you next time bye-bye <laughs>